Hey, everybody. Welcome to Improv FAQ at Length. This is a series of longer conversations about improv topics that have lots of questions surrounding them. I'm James Quesada. And I'm Bob Wick. And we are joined by our good friend, Andy Reid. What's up, Andy? Hi, everybody. It's our friend. Improv FAQ at Length. Yeah. yeah buddy. Long. Do you have like stretch an after it, stretch it. improv F- FAQ after dark? Is that the next iteration? Oh, yeah, of this we show? should. We should do like We're, a We've been talking content. about it. <laughs> improv role play after dark. <laughs> um, uh, and then our sister show, uh, Improv in the Morning, you know, Cup of Joe, yeah. uh, a yeah, Cup of Yes I and. Like that. <laughs> Just, the view, but they're only talking about <sighs> game theory. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of game theory, um, we're, we're, this episode's going to oh. be on game of the scene. This is Tight a topic transition. that we have um, been looking forward to talking about. And um, Andy, you suggested t- uh, talking about a couple topics that were strongly related to game of the scene. So um, we're going to cover all of it. We're going to start by talking about game of the scene. Um, There's only so much we can do to define it without directing you toward the UCB handbook, which uh, probably does the most definitive job of defining what game of the scene is. But we'll talk about it um, up front just to give some context. And then one of Andy's uh, suggested topics was also about exploring and heightening, which um, are things that you can do whether or not you're treating the idea of your scene through that game lens, uh, but it tends to be very related to um, finding and then playing the game of the scene is exploring and heightening. Uh, And then we'll also talk about just um, how to stay on track with um, one focus uh, throughout a scene in general, um, whether it's a game or a character or a story arc, whatever you want to think about it as. Um, Cool. Let's, let's start with, with, uh, with game of the scene. Um, Do you guys have like, like a, 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 easy go-to way that you describe game to students or anyone else? Um, My go-to is always to break down the cowbell sketch from SNL. (laughs) And uh, uh, because it's very, like, everybody knows that sketch, first of all. That's a good one, yeah. And uh, and they, it's really set up like uh, a group scene. Uh, They, they, uh, set up the world, they introduce the characters, they build the parameters. And then just like UCB talks about that first unusual thing is the cow, the first time he hits the cowbell and you see the reaction, they do it again. You see a heightened reaction and then everybody in the room is on board. You know exactly what's going to happen. And it's still funny each time to see how mad they get, how weird Christopher Walken gets, how, uh, how out of line Will Ferrell gets. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, it's this just repeating cycle of the same bit, just a little bit zanier every time. Um, uh, that I found has really helped people kind of, because it is a, it's an esoteric, it, it, it's a hard idea to grasp your head around when you're speaking yeah, about yeah. it. So, yeah. That's funny. I usually use the, uh, the chocolate factory scene from um, I love Lucy because yeah. it's such a simple game and it has all the factors. Well, first, you know who Lucy is as a character. Today's different because she's working in a factory. And then you discovered the device of she's in front of a conveyor belt and conveyor belts can do a bunch of stuff. They can slow down, it can go faster. So proximity to the conveyor belt and the, and the shelf, uh, there's a buzzer every time, mm, yeah. um, the, the chocolate comes down, uh, you know, and just, it's a, such a simple, game of picking up a piece of chocolate, putting it in the box, putting the box on a shelf, picking up. And then all these little factors start getting heightened. So the conveyor goes faster. The bell starts ringing faster. You know, it gets so fast that she can't do the simple game of putting it in the box and putting it on the shelf. Uh, so she starts eating it. Mouth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then and it, until, until she can't do that anymore. So it's, it's a gradual heightening and it's such a simple premise that's what mm-hmm. I love about it. It's there's really, you know, oh, the one she where she eats the chocolate. We all know it. It's so simple. You can break it down in a sentence. So it has all the, you know, contributing factors of what makes a, a game fun and interesting, like the a simple establishment, a simple pattern, and then the heightening of. Yeah. That's a good example too. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of times people uh 
refuse to believe that a game can be as simple as it is a lot yeah, of times. Yes, like yes, they don't, yes. They don't trust themselves uh, uh, that a simple idea can be explored and heightened uh, in a really fun, creative way. So they always feel the need to push more onto the scene, and that's when you lose it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, t- I typically... Uh, this is making me think that I should have a go-to scene example, but I don't really. I, I just, I try to, and maybe maybe it's actually because people tend to overcomplicate it um, or, or try to reverse engineer it um, uh, often. So um, my my way of approaching it is just to say that, like, it's the premise of the scene. It's, it's really just, like, what um, the scene is about and what's making it funny. And then that, uh, I, I think the thing that I really try to stress with people, um, especially, like, students that are learning... Um, about game of the scene for the first time is that it's about repeatable behavior because um, the the premise and the on paper description of boiling it down to a sentence can only go so far um, without it having attached behavior to it because like the the um, the cowbell scene is only so funny um, or, or, or sorry uh, the cowbell scene wouldn't be as funny if. The, the band members in the studio weren't so annoyed. Right. Right. You know, or, uh, or, or yeah, that, that, that um, Lucy is scrambling to get the chocolate together. Um, it's, it's the behavior, right. That, that has to, that I think where people get hung up is, is that like, Oh, if I can kind of think about it and name it, then I'm all set. Um, or I have to be really clever about what it is yeah. when, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I think also the uh, one thing that gets lost a lot, uh, once you get in front of an audience uh, is how important that first like minute is and what, oh, yeah. what the, what the work there is. Cause again, if you're looking at the cowbell sketch or the Lucy sketch, if the first thing you see is him wailing on the bell that, that you, you have no context. Uh, if the yes. first thing you see is the chocolate rushing down the conveyor belt and she can't handle it, there's no context. So that, that world building uh, part of the scene is, I always think is the hardest thing to do. Right. And it's the most important uh, because you're never going to find comedy unless you clearly explain the world that you're showing the audience first. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't show the absurdity of the situation because a lot of stuff we do is situational until you know what the norm is. So you know that, Again, you, you you know the norm is these guys just go into the studio and they play their songs and you and Bill Farrow says we don't have a lot of songs that feature the the, uh, the cowbell. I almost called it the song bell. There, there, song there, bell. The so- song you gotta bell. get that song bell. Wow, uh, <laughs> that is a horrible Christopher Walken. Anyways, or you, you know that she doesn't work in a factory. You know all these things. Actually, uh, Keegan Michael Key when he did that interview with the with the photographer gentleman, I can't think of his name Sam right now. Jones. Yeah, yeah. It, it talks about the world building and how how it, it just it, it's adjacent and expands. Like uh, if you go to the AA Ron sketch, um, you you the first shot is just an establishing shot that it's in a classroom, and all you can see is like an older bald uh, African American like teacher, and then it, and then it expands a little bit louder because you know he's taking roll call because he picks up his list and starts reading off the names and expands a little bit more because he's re- reading these very unusual names and then and then it reveals itself that it's an all-white classroom and people are confused and then the game begins mm-hmm. you know but yeah. you don't get if if it just started off with him just you know saying funny names i don't think it has as much weight as it would without the establishment I have I have used that sketch uh, to explain it before, too, because I yeah. uh, th- in this last year, I started working with the Detroit Creativity Project uh, and I'm teaching improv in high schools. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when we when we got to this lesson, I was like, does anybody know the cowbell sketch from SNL? Yeah. What? Because you're in high school now, <laughs> not 20 years is ago. Is it on TikTok? <laughs> Like, of course, everybody knows the cowbell sketch. Uh, right. No, but I do think that uh, I um, anybody in one of my classes that's more interested in learning game or being able to identify it, I always tell them, just put on your favorite sketch comedy show and start looking at the pattern and, and 
uh, trying to give a title to the funny in each scene. Because uh, I think sketch comedy ends up following these rules a lot, uh, a, a lot of the time, most of the time. Totally, yeah, yeah, and and actually, oh, one of the, one of the most helpful exercises for me in thinking about or, or finding game of the scene is uh, if you're sketch writing, the goal of establishing the game by the end of the first page that you're writing, introducing the game by the end of the first page, which like you said, it's, it's usually, you know, around a, a, a minute per page in performance. So mm-hmm. um, kind of like Andy was saying that like within the, the establishing of that first minute, that first page um, by the end of, if, if by the end of the first page, you know what you're going to be doing with the rest of the sketch, then you have the game of the scene. If you don't, then um you got to look at what you have and be like, well, what, what haven't I said yet? Um, and then that, that can kind of train your, your brain to be like, Oh, well, how, how is it? What is it? How is it established? And and what's missing if I don't have it yet? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times when I, Oh no, go ahead, Andy, you're the guest. Um, (laughs) I, uh, I still use an exercise that James taught me when, uh, when I'm working with a troop that wants to do more game stuff. Uh, um, when I is was it the his... walking toward each other. Yes. Thing? Yeah. 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 When, <laughs> when I, oh, I don't know this one. What is it? It's such a great visual representation of it because, uh, so for, for anybody watching right now, uh, uh, if you don't know much about the Detroit improv scene, this is, this is not our area of expertise. This is not our, this is not our go-to style. It's not of our bread and butter. No, it's not our <laughs> yeah. bread and butter. We're, um, we're more of a, a relationship and character um, uh, facing improv style. Uh, so a lot of people here, uh, uh, when they butt into a game scene will actively turn away from it and, and, and make it about something else. Uh, um, and I, yeah, I'm, people, a, that's so funny. People, <laughs> yeah. people wiggle out of it. They're like, yeah. no, I don't want to oh, do this. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> totally. no uh, flock dancing for me. This yeah. uh, You'll see yeah. it. Uh, yeah. some of the times that it's most, uh, glaring for me is that like diff when they do an all-star set and you see somebody from LA playing with somebody from Detroit and they're like, game move, game move, game move. And the Detroit person is like, uh, you broke my heart. I was like, like <laughs> yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, um, so well, the, yeah, I've the been, I've always, yeah, I've always, yes. So, uh, uh, this is something that really helped me, uh, because one of the hardest things to do is to, uh, get on the same page, right? Like to offer a yep. game move and to have your partner accept a- and offer uh, a similar move uh, on their behalf. So what James had, he put a chair in the middle of the room and had uh, uh, one of us stand on each side of the room, just start a scene, introduce the characters, figure out what's going on. You find that unusual thing. And then when you believe that you're making a move in service of the game or, or trying to discover the game of the scene, you take a step towards the chair. And uh, once the other person feels like they're on the same page, they make a move and take another step toward the chair. And if you don't, if you're confused, if you don't know what the other person's getting at, you stay in your spot, you don't move. Uh, And just the, I, the idea of that physical space and, and, uh, tying that towards the moves that you're making uh, really helped me see uh, uh, just get more in tune with when people are making moves towards a game like to jump on. Yeah, that's very cool. I'm glad that you still use that and uh, that you brought that up because that is um, something that I've, I've found helpful and uh, to, like, and it also, I think, lead us to the next part, which is about that exploration and heightening, because part of the idea yeah. with that exercise is that um, you have the, the people starting far away from each other with the, the, the chair in the center. And as they're um, using lines of dialogue to make game moves, you're taking these steps toward the chair. Uh, and then eventually you're going to run into the chair in the center between the two people. They won't have any more room to, to move. So then the next part of that exercise is to um, talk about anything else in the world of the scene that's been established, keeping everything that's been true established, yep. and, and then uh, start talking about anything else and taking steps away from the chair, mm-hmm. not servicing the game, 
And then that's the exploration that gives you more room to then return to the game eventually and start uh, stepping toward that center, that focus of game. Totally. Yeah. It, yeah, that's uh, a really good skill set because I think when when people do like especially like intro students or newer students discover a game, they they want to play the heck out of it. And that's why you're seen so quick. Uh, the other thing I, yeah. I, I noticed, uh, I kind of the piggyback on what Andy was talking about. Uh, I see a lot of Detroit people when a, a game's introduced to to avoid it, just discuss what the game is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I notice every time the chocolate comes down, you put it in your mouth. Are you okay? How does that make you feel? Like, no, right. <laughs> don't talk about it. Just right. react. You know, not everything has to be a discussion. You know. So uh, yeah, I uh, I. In Detroit, I really want people to get more comfortable playing this way. Uh, I don't, I, I am not somebody, uh, like, um, that will say game of the scenes, the most important thing. That's what we're trying to find. And that's what we, that's what we're trying to play every time. But I really want to mix styles and mix scene energies and, and ideas. Cause if you, if you only play toward, character and relationship every scene things also start to get monotonous so i love like i love being able to mix up ideas that's why uh i want people to be better at this where i am yes. <laughs> and uh yeah and like you were talking about the 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 showstoppers are this the scenes that can mix everything when there's a strong character connection when in the middle of it they can find a little game Right. They they explore that for a while, then get back to what's going on between them. And then you get a game move at the end as a button. That's like that's applause break, you know? Oh, yes. all day. Yeah. yeah. And I agree with what you're saying. And I don't think people should look at it if the, the, the scene should be one or the other. I think games are stronger and have a mo- more emotional weight when there is a relationship that's been established. Like going back to what we we're talking about before, like establish who you are, who you are to each other, uh, because it can also that can also lead into subtext of what the the conflict of the game is creating, or you know what, or or you could take those pause breaks to say the game has just played. Now, how does this affect a relationship? You know that push and pull, like tension, and that's always like a really strong and and deep scene when when you have all those factors going in, or at least that's one of my preferences when I when I'm watching improv. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I watch a scene. I'm asking myself, is it strong? Is it deep? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that on a, a shirt. Really deep scene. Yeah. 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 But so I so I think that the problem with game of the scene for a lot of people is that we typically teach it by doing e- even even that that exercise where players step toward the chair, which is a really cool visualization of it, is still kind of stripping away the um, physical staging and everything and making mm-hmm. it about dialogue. And we use sketches as examples uh, that are written to ref- as a reference point. And it, it tends to be this really easy way to um, study or analyze or objectively look at uh, game of the scene because subtext and nonverbal communication is a little harder to just like f- flat out um, point to and be like, that's an example of, of game of the scene. But the truth is yeah. that again, like the the Aaron uh, Key and Peel scene is only as funny as it is because Keegan keeps flipping out every time somebody <laughs> yes, corrects him yes. on the name pronunciation, and because the tension in the room with the students keeps building, right. um, it, it it so it has to be about. Uh, uh, elements of behavior and um, it doesn't have to be this this night and day difference between like what is a character relationship scene and what is a game scene uh, it's it's mostly I think uh, to piggyback on what you were saying Andy is that like it's about doing things on purpose and kind of like uh, playing a, a different strategy in the scene and being able to do that can take you to a different kind of um, humor and like you said the dynamics of a show that include scenes that are very game driven um uh and like well played strategy of scene or whatever is also like (laughs) is is fun 
alongside scenes that are like, that was just really emotionally driven. And, and I don't know if I had like a specific way to boil it down to what it was about or, um, or those, everything was so sporadic and inconsistent and meta and surreal yeah. that it was cool. You want the, the dynamics. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, to to highlight another thing I've uh, ripped off from you, James. <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah, what uh, else? <laughs> uh, uh, um, the, the form that you kind of developed for us, our launch group, Future Kids, I, I have used for troops I've coached since then because I think that really uh, highlights uh, the mixture and, and uh, styles of play that you can get. Uh, so basically what we called it, the master James, I have to say that I, I just tried to get them to stop so much. I did not ask them to call it that. Uh, uh, but, the old uh, MJ. All sure, right. <laughs> yeah, the MJ. Yeah. Uh, James, uh, broke improv down into like three basic styles of play. Uh, head play, which is what we're talking about right now, game-driven stuff. Heart play, which uh, is, I think, the anchor of Detroit Improv, like character relationship stuff. And then X Factor, which is like big, bold choices, but being comfortable that you can discover what they mean as opposed to feeling like you need to I identify them and describe them right away. Um, so we started our set with one uh, of each of those styles. And then that was basically our table of contents for the show. Those ideas and those themes and those characters and scenes that we explored in those top three scenes, we we're then going to try to find a way to bring them all together. Uh, um, and I will like definitely those heart scenes or uh, sorry, the head ones that, that was the hardest thing for me to get comfortable with and to feel like I was, doing right just because we that's not a way we typically play here um but once once it all came together uh um some really special stuff came out of it totally and i ripped that off from rachel mason um in chicago <laughs> is the head okay. heart x factor thing which really changed uh the way that i thought about things and and especially the way that i categorize exercises because uh you know what we're talking about is just having um, versatility in players and in shows and Good. stuff. And, and uh, so as soon as she described that to me, I, 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 all the exercises that I knew of in my head um, that I use as a coach went like <laughs> into these different categories of like, holy shit, this is how you can get people more comfortable playing game, how you can get people yeah. more comfortable acting and uh, being like emotionally connected and how you can get people more comfortable stepping outside their comfort zone and doing um, uh, wild card moves uh that are uh, you know risky and uncertain <laughs> yeah but um yeah so let's, talk, so let's let's talk about like uh <laughs> that was I, that's just one moment in a set that I will, i'll never forget is kareen just screaming cucamonga cucamonga and that's just like be like all right cool yeah and then just being in a headspace where we're like we're gonna let that exist and we're going to figure out what that means later. <laughs> oh, shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but so let, going back to game of the scene and, and, and the, the idea of now exploring and heightening, um, because, uh, again, game of the scene, uh, one one it's only one part of it to kind of like look at and analyze things to understand what it is and how you kind of like name it. The most important thing is what you do with it. And I mm -hmm. think heightening and exploration really has uh, uh, a lot to offer and is probably a more useful focus than what the like like what it means that what the game of the scene is or how you define that. So, uh, Andy, when when you talk about exploration versus heightening, the differences and the and the benefits of doing both, yeah. um, where does your mind go? Um, so this is this is something that I was on a big kick about pre pandemic uh, uh, with with the farm team at Planet Ant. Uh, this is something that we had spent some some time at the the last couple of rehearsals we had. Um, I think one of the biggest ways that uh, you fail a scene is uh, is not knowing when is uh, enough is enough to yes. to crack into. So there's always this like weird pressure on performers 
to find what the scene is about. And because they're scrambling that they just blow past all these great ideas and, and uh, uh, not trusting themselves that if you slow down and listen to what's going on, uh, um, that you have a ton of stuff to explore. So I, yeah. I think one of the biggest symptoms of, of what I'm talking about is uh, how many uh, cat murders there are in improv. <laughs> Uh, so or you, murders so, in general, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. So, cats. so oh, wait, what? If, <laughs> if there, if as many cats in America were as were murdered as there are in improv scenes, it would be a it would be a global catastrophe, <laughs> because because it's this it's this really quick shocking thing that you can make happen in a scene right away, uh, and people go to it all the time just subconsciously that I murdered this person's pet, uh, okay. uh, because it's something to to make happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've seen as much as you have. Well, I don't know. I'm missing something. I, I really I don't. don't. I do. <laughs> Who's killing okay. cats? I, I was thinking more of blow line. I've seen a lot of like you know, and so, now he's dead. Or yes. like people drop kicking dogs or being yeah. like, I ran over your dog or something yeah. like that. Is yes. that the kind of stuff you're talking about? Yes, I ran over your dog. I killed your cat. All that. It's so shocking. <laughs> but ultimately, <laughs> okay. ultimately, it's like it doesn't. Uh, it's not like super impactful or something. I don't know. It's just, sure. uh, it's a subconscious thing that people go to all the time. Uh, um, so I think part of this is that we teach yes. And as the end all be all thing that we as p- performers have to do. So you have to say yes to this and get to the next level and get to the next level and get to the next level. At a certain point, you've ended as much as you need to. Uh, and you have to figure out this, uh, this world that we've built with these people in it who care about each other uh, uh, in a zany situation that we've discovered, that, that's enough. We've heightened into an interesting thing. Now let's, now let's explore. Now, instead of trying to add more to this and make it, uh, 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 more and more unstable with more and more crazy stuff. Let's let's slow down and say, what does this mean? Yeah. What what else yeah. what else is going on here? Uh, uh, um, and kind of flatten it out instead of instead of keep uh, skyrocketing. Well, with it. I think part of the problem is most improvisers go into a scene treating it as if if it's a sketch rather than a one act. So you get the game, and then there's a button. And that's it. You're you're almost playing towards the the blow line, rather than you know going back to establishing everything like a relationship, incorporating a game, and then okay, if this is situational, um, what happened after the situation? Mm-hmm. You know, like what's the third act of this play? Mm-hmm. Rather than we we show a little bit of the first act, we spend a lot of time in the second act. And then maybe a little bit in the third act, if you know, depending on how patient your back line is or yeah. how much time you have on the clock. But we don't really get into that third act and show, you know, what happened the day after the robbery. What happened, yeah. you know, and how did this couple, you know, or or this friendship or whatever relationship you have, uh, how is it affected by you just did something notorious like rob a bank? Yeah. How, like Whoa. how many how many times have you seen a scene where somebody was like, I want a divorce. I'm, I, I never want, I, I want you out of my life. I want a divorce. And the other person yeah. uh, uh, has no human reaction to that. They're just thinking uh, oh, like, yeah. well, what can I do to you? Uh, that like, that's kind of like the quintessential moment that I'm talking about is like performer because they're just so, driven towards like what is this scene about that they completely miss it uh, yeah, uh because yeah, they're yeah. not listening to what's going on so uh um any any tiny thing in a scene can be made into a huge deal any anything that tickles you anything that you think's funny anything any turn of phrase that you think's interesting uh uh, even if, even if like the performer seems to have fumbled over their words in an in an interesting way, that's not a mistake. That is part of right. the scene, and you can slow down and crack into that, uh, uh, and make it uh, make it this huge deal. When 
instead of thinking about what can I do to give this scene meaning, stop and slow slow down and and find meaning in what's already there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I man, I, there's a lot I want to talk about in, in, the, <laughs> yeah, in the things that you guys just said. Yeah. So, so yeah. hang on, hang on. Let me gather okay. my thoughts. Oh, here. Andy, so, get yourself a drink. <laughs> We're about to get the full James. <laughs> so, the full Master James. It. Yeah. <laughs> Release the MJ. <laughs> uh, so, so first of all. Uh, I'll say real quick on on your point, Andy, is is that, yeah, another thing that people get tripped up on is this idea of finding the game of the scene, it, the finding part of it and the the part of it, finding it as if it's something that you have to go on an Easter egg hunt to find. <laughs> and if you don't get it, it's missing. And there's some like meta thing that you were supposed to do and, and, and it didn't happen. You and, and then the the part as if there's only one thing. That it is it, like right. and 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 that you can be wrong about it. And those both of those things are solved if you choose the game of the scene and you just pick something and decide to make a big deal out of it or have fun with it like you choose. And that's where the, that offering um, idea comes from in, in the chair exercise, taking steps toward each other, is that uh, in that exercise, the other person, w- w- the first person to take a step doesn't move another step until the their partner also takes a step. And if the, the next step doesn't happen, then the, the two people aren't on the same page and they can't take uh, steps back and forward toward the chair. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to make offers uh, and you can do that once you choose what the game is. It's not something that's going to just suddenly, um, you know, you don't have to like sift through all this stuff and give yourself this big pile to search through and then, and then be like, oh, I found it. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, there's a, a, Brilliant example of what I'm talking about in a a comedy bang bang episode from not that long ago. Uh, Will Hines was on and he was uh, he was going to be like a physical therapist or something. And in the first couple minutes that he was on, uh, he he was talking about his time in college. He went to Johns Hopkins and he was he was meant to talk about his orientation at Johns Hopkins. And instead of orientation, he said the word initiation. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and there uh, were, and in that there, uh, I can't remember who the other guest was, but they heard that. And that's what I'm talking about. It was just this thing that tickled the other performer. And, and he, yeah. he, he slowed down and he said, you had to go through an initiation at medical school. And instead yeah. of getting to what Will Hines had planned on getting to, it was this 45 minute thing about how Johns Hopkins had like this underground like layer <laughs> run by demonic overlords that like pick and choose and made them fight to the death about who was going to go to medical school. And all I of the, it, it was so brilliant and weird. And, uh, uh, and you could tell how much fun they were having hopping off of each other's ideas. And the only reason any of that happened was because somebody heard initiation and said, that's, that's interesting. Let's, let's slow down and, and figure that out. Uh, yes. Um, so that's yeah. what I mean. Any little tiny thing in a scene you can blow up. Uh, um, and you're like, yeah. you, you don't have to spend so much time making the scene about something. I, I want people to, to do, to discover and explore more. Totally. Well, I think the, the common mistake with offers like those, which are brilliant because they're so organic, like, and both scene partners are discovering it at the same time. I think, I think I've seen, I should say, I've seen a lot of times where something glorious like that is dropped and the other person just corrects them or, or pokes it out. And you're like, yeah. Oh man, there it yeah. was. And like, and if you watch enough improv, if you, yeah. if you get to the point where you're instructor, like you just feel your gut, like, Oh, I really wanted yeah. to see that. Oh, that hurt. Yeah. That hurt. Corrects them. Now we're just going to go back. Yeah. Uh, corrects them or makes like some sort of meta joke uh, with it about improv within the scene. Uh, instead yeah. of, instead of making some like some like self-aware meta joke as the performers jump on it as the character and crack into it. Uh, um, yeah. I, I'm firmly in the camp that there is no such thing as a mistake on stage. So when you hear something like that, my ears perk up about how I can use it, not how I'm going to call out my fellow performer. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I like that, that, uh, 
uh, Will Hines, uh, what was the orientation speech is what he's supposed to say, right? Yeah. So, yeah, because uh, so he says orientation. So, and if that's a scene as opposed to a talk show setting um, and and there's a misspeaking, it might be it's actually like that's that's the kind of thing where if the scene partner is then like, oh, you had to go through a, an initiation um, at metal, medical yeah. school, that that could be a meta commentary or calling out the game in a scene that is less helpful than being like, oh, shit, uh, he said initiation instead. And then either you can take us to the um, representing what it, the initiation is right. for medical school, or you can be uh, uh, make an active affirming choice um, to be like, yeah, my initiation was tough for medical school, too, or like... Um, you know what I mean? Like, like uh, then yeah. you instead of calling it out or uh, making a um, meta quip to be like, <laughs> you misspoke, huh? Um, you can do something with it to then just like solidify that it's true and see where that that takes you. Yeah. And then you also have that move where if this is true, what else is true? If you have to get initiated into becoming a doctor, what other types of fields do you have to get initiated to? And does it, are the, the initiations different depending on the status of the job? And like, there's a lot of things you can discover and, and really play with, with just a simple seed of a, mis not a mistake, but just a misspoken word. It's awesome. Yeah. I found that that, that phrase uh, has helped a lot of performers. That's something I think the first time I ever heard somebody say, if then uh, is in the UCB handbook actually. Yeah. Uh, but there is like, yes. And can only really get you so far. If your improvising style is just an exercise in heightening uh, uh, you are going to run out of steam very quickly. Uh, you just, uh, you know, you're, spinning so many plates that you can't, you don't end up really making anything out of it. So if you, if you can identify that moment where you've heightened into a really interesting world and then explore that world through, if what we know about this is true, then what else? Uh, um, you can allow yourself to kind of use the stuff you've already uh, made as opposed to feeling the need to create more on top of it. Yeah. Uh, another skill set we don't talk about enough is at what rate to play the game, because this is something you really kind of need an odd. It, it helps to have an audience, you know, <laughs> uh, do they want to see this game played the entire time or should you play it a little bit? Step back, do some more story, come back to the game, you know, or, or, you know, leave big gaps, pregnant pauses and come back to this game. Or is this all game all the time? back and forth uh what was that that uh the bugs bunny game you take daffy something duck. small i'm sorry oh daffy duck yeah. the guns the bigger yes, the bigger, bigger yes guns, yeah. yes uh you brought you brought a rubber band i brought a bb gun you know yeah. you brought a bazooka yes yeah okay so yeah and let's use that as an example because daffy duck exercise is um is yeah you, you go uh weapon by weapon and uh it escalates right um and then it's a rocket launcher and a cannon, and eventually they're uh, zoomed out to outer space. And there's a, a planet destroying laser pointed at right. the from the moon or whatever. So you could do that exercise um, where you're like, oh, uh, okay, these two characters are going to be uh, bragging about the things they own, or uh, they're going to be uh, complaining about their day or whatever. And you can do that same back and forth, but the exploration part of it is um is the why right or like the context of why yeah. are the the looney tunes characters fighting what is it about you know in this in this scene um why do these people have so much pride about the things they own um or uh you know what what else is going on in the backdrop of the people who are complaining are they in the middle of a war um you know what i mean you can yeah. you can add context and exploration to get a more 3d appreciation of that heightening of weapons uh so yeah this is uh this kind of speaks to uh an exercise i was working with the farm team uh in the couple of weeks before the pandemic um is uh like finding finding the little nugget in the scene that you're going to crack into uh, and explore the why 
so what we would do is like we had uh, everybody watching a two person scene uh, and in the room, if you uh, if you felt like you heard the the nugget, if you heard the thing that we're going to crack into, uh, put your hand up. Uh, and as soon as everybody in the room's hands up, uh, I kind of asked everybody what they were thinking. Um, and usually everybody's got the same idea. There's like this one moment, whether it's, you know, uh, 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 wh- whatever, T- just something going on between these two there. That's, uh, that's the thing that we can explore. Uh, and then for the, we go back to the scene. Uh, and my only goal is to try to stay on that topic and why as long as you can. And as soon as, as soon as they, uh, um, turn face or make it about something else or, uh, uh, or stop exploring the feelings and emotions, uh, in development on that nugget, we, we stop say you got, you got off track. Uh, um, um, so, and I, I felt that was very helpful because, um, like so many scenes get derailed when we're, we're discussing what's happening between these two people and, uh, you run into a moment where you bring in a third party that's not on stage or, uh, if, uh, one character's, uh, 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 kind of the butt of the, the, um, nugget or whatever, they turn face and say, well, what about this? What, you know, uh, and, and you kind of lose, you lose the idea for the scene. So, uh, um, it sometimes feels like this is too simple to make a good scene out of yeah, but yeah. we're uh there's so much exploring to do uh in people who care about each other facing uh, uh a certain uh conflict or situation yeah, that, yeah 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 yes yes okay so i want i'll just want to take a quick side note um to just kind of uh uh point out that that um for what it's worth I think in terms of how UCB would use the terms heightening and exploring, um, it's, you're using it a little bit differently, which, yes. is, which is fine. But I just want to point it out yes. so, so that uh, w- people don't get too precious about their definition or, or application for certain words, because totally. that's not the point. But I just do, I, I'll just kind of distinguish between um, what you're saying with exploration is about uh, f- kind of fixating on one aspect of a thing and playing around with it and, and kind of milking it for as much as it's worth. Um, I think exploring in like UCB game would be like, okay, can we get some backstory? Can we actually kind of like, like, uh, bubble out away from the central focus for a second to get more context Mm -hmm. would be UCB's kind of exploration. So, uh, just, just to get clarity on, on the two ways of, um, using those terms, I just wanted to take a moment to define those. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Because, because, go ahead. No, no, you're you're in the middle of thought. Please continue. I'll I'll, I'll bookmark this one. <laughs> the, the, the the main thing is there. There, I think maybe the the thing to think about is that there's. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what it is. Is it, it's two or three things that you can really do about about game, right? Uh, we we've already talked about yes, ending is going to build context and kind of exposition. Uh, and at a certain point, you, you should move out of that phase into um, choosing to focus on something. And UCB is going to call that the if then phase. Um, or it's it's about uh, picking the central focus um, to to play into. Uh, and at that point, you can do. Um, two main options is one provide instances of that game or that central focus dive into it deeper or you can keep fleshing out the context of who these people are and and why they are uh and and the um backdrop that they're in right is like keep exploring who what and where um or uh keep making them do the behavior right uh and and so that's you might call it heightening our exploration uh you might you might call it uh game moves versus um whatever like like uh your andy uh, your terms for exploration um but you're either fixating on one thing and milking it or you're exploring what else is going on in the world and the reasoning behind things 
That's how I think about it. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, something I, I like to point out when I'm when instructing a lot of the time to use Andy's word, the nugget is usually <laughs> discovered when some one of the characters express their want. You know, and, and ideally when you're d- establishing a character, they should have a want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it's through discovery and sometimes it's just something you walk into a scene with, uh, depending on your get. Um, so when you discover one of the characters wants, it's it's up to the other performers to decide if their character wants to just yes and that or be in agreement or do the push pull. I think Rosowski does a lot of talk about this. It's not it's not an argument per se, but you're pushing and pulling and then establishing what he calls the five sisters. So you you play that push and pull game, and then after about five good turns of that, you find something adjacent to kind of to kind of pivot on and then you explore and build this world along the lines of, of, and just taking that one nugget and just building adjacent moves until you kind of get away from that. But there's still an overall theme in the story of this character will always have this want. Totally. Yeah. Want, I want plays into characters, desires play into what I'm talking about a ton. And we, um, we have started to explore, uh, uh, how to play off characters' wants. So, uh, um, a lot of times the easiest choice to make is a reflective want, right? Yes. And and that that just uh manifests itself in butting heads. So, how can we subtly change the want from if it's if it's um, I want pop tarts for breakfast. And I don't want pop. I don't want you to have pop tarts for breakfast, right? In the simplest terms, that would be a yeah. reflective want. And so, so many scenes start that way. I want to get married. I don't want to get married. And yeah. you know, uh, so if it's I want pop tarts for breakfast, and the other character is I want my child to be healthy. Yeah. So exploring the why. Yeah. It's yes. So yeah. so instead of instead of thinking in terms of I, what I want is exactly what you don't want. Uh, um, Just, it's a subtle change. really subtle. But if that scene to me, I want pop tarts for lunch. I I want you to be a healthy child is infinitely more interesting to watch than I want this. I don't want you to have it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you can still have that, that conflict. Uh, I want pop tarts. I don't want to have pop tarts. I want sugar because that is a comfort food for me. I want a healthy child. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I need to be comforted because I had a really bad day at school and I want to start this day off right, even if, I, if it's subconscious. Uh, I, I want you to be healthy and I want my love to be enough to give you comfort so you can go to school and, and live the best life. Yeah. You know, and, and then yeah, you can yeah, go yeah. you can go deep into that. But it's still if, the symptoms of of these deeper wants is I want pop tarts and yeah. I don't want you to have pop tarts. And it, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's a very easy it's it's a subtle shift. It's it's sometimes hard to make on stage because yeah. you're going off the fly. But in that in that scenario, it's it's not an argument, and that we're it's all not. constantly trying to find ways to not argue on stage. Uh, like it's not that I don't want you to have this thing. I want you as my child to be safe and healthy and happy and have a long life. That like that is that is a scene where two characters are going to come together instead of watching another scene where uh, a reflective wants are driving two characters apart from each other. Yes. And if you make the strong move of having an emotional reaction and have it grow between the expressions of your wise the the game has more stakes so you're taking something as ordinary as a pop tart and making it like the holy grail for this kid yeah and and even if the if the audience isn't the 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 pop cart pop cart uh pop tart population that was a hard sentence to say uh <laughs> they do understand that want everybody as a child or even as an adult have a want for something that may be unhealthy. And, and when they do explore their reasons why it gets deeper and then having expressed that to someone you love and, you know, having them not understand it is, is such a, a deeper concept that comes with such an easy game to play. So there, yeah. So to go back on what you were saying before, like uh, you can take that nugget and, and really, you know, grow it into a tree. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because that's where trees come from. Nuggets. Everyone knows that trees grow from nuggets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. There's, there's a couple more things I just want to touch on real quick. Well, well, until we have to wrap up, but um, I'm just kind of curious throwing this out there because I think that it's, it's interesting. Mm. um, The idea that you could have the pop tart scene and, uh, it's it's also funny if, if if the one character is like okay okay so it's so it's a uh, I want to have pop tarts for breakfast and then the other character is like well I want you to be healthy and have all the nutrition you need to grow and the other character just goes okay well I want pop tarts for breakfast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so uh, yeah yeah so you can kind of get mileage out of. Um, repeat it like repeating the exact same thing there's something that is funny about that and and it's there's it's it's maybe a little harder to um you can't really tell how much it's going to work it's it's you have to like feel out with you and the audience right it's it's like can i can i get away with just saying the exact same thing again um and then and then uh you definitely go, go can yeah. you definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. can yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but maybe 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 what, what's actually ha- heightening there or what has has to heighten is is that emotional thing because because uh again like you guys are saying the the game still has to be well acted so even mm-hmm. if you're gonna just repeat okay well i want pop tarts for breakfast with with every uh evolution of what the other character is saying about uh having a healthy child um you still have to have like intensifying emotion behind it or you have to keep bubbling up right yeah so that moment right there uh um is uh uh it that moment in that fake scene that we've just made up uh uh you can take it either way and you can you can have uh an emotion driven scene about these two characters uh, having this uh, confrontation or you can interpret those moves into a game. Neither, neither one is right. Neither one is wrong. It's about how you offer it and about how your scene partner accepts it. So if, if you and me, James are on the same page in that scene and it goes either of those ways, Uh, you know, I am fully confident that if, if we locked into the moves each other were making, we could play that scene straightforward character driven heart scene or me following your move. Well, again, I want pop tarts and just like, again, like, okay, (laughs) so this, this is, it's just the way you interpret what you've built. Right. Yeah. 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 well, yeah. yeah. And at the end, like, so if we get everything we could possibly get out of Pop-Tarts, we could do the reversal. Oh, my God. Fine. You can have a Pop-Tart. I'm going to. Ha- but after I'm going to have a cigarette. I don't want you to have a cigarette. But I want a <laughs> yeah. cigarette. You know, like you can. Yeah. yeah. I want a cigarette. Not because I like smoking, but I need comfort from the nicotine. And uh, smoking is the only way I know how to ingest it. You know, like you can you can go back and forth. Like, again, it's. It's it, your your character changes his wants, but it, it happened, you know, it, it, it pivoted. So you can explore yeah. all these wants and, you know, play that status game as well within the game, uh, which you can't do until you establish what the, the original status was in the first place, who you are to each other. So, yeah. 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 yeah I, I like what you said in the, uh, when you were describing first, second, third act, Bob, because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I feel like. Uh, if you can milk something fixated on just repeating pop tarts and then you, you get the pop tarts, it's like, that could be the blow line, but you could also just deal with the consequences of that. And yeah, next phase might be cigarettes. Next phase might also be like, you just sit in uncomfortable tension for a a (laughs) moment while this kid eats the pop tarts. And then eventually, you know, is, is like, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I pushed back so hard on that. Uh, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then you're like, oh, maybe this is about the love hate relationship between these two characters, yeah. and they're fighting over little things and making up um, and apologizing after. It, it, there's just there's a lot of yeah. things to do with it, but but I guess the point in that is that like you can also just get to the thing right. eventually and deal with the consequences after. 
Absolutely. I mean, third act, you could you could cut to that kid being the father, and and his kid's like, "Would you stop feeding me pop tarts? I'm sick of these things." No, um, kid, you don't understand how good you got it. You know, <laughs> we are we we are we as improvisers uh, as a community are terrified to get to the thing. So yeah. if we clearly yeah. establish that one person wants pop tarts and the other one doesn't want to give it to him. If we get to the moment where the kid gets the pop tart, we're we're constantly terrified of what what happens at the end, right? Like there's yeah. so there's so many yeah. sets or so many <laughs> scenes, so many scenes that are set up where like we're we're getting to the big dance at the end of school and everybody's terrified to oh. show the dance cuz then what? We're like if we're like we're trying to get there, what happens if yeah. we get there? I I yeah. love I love uh, getting to the fucking thing and exploring the after, and uh, uh, people are so reticent because they're they're scared about what they could come up with afterwards. But you made up, you made all of this up, so I'm confident that you can make <laughs> yeah. more shit up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not a brick but, wall. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. You like yeah. fuck? I got yeah. these pop tarts now. Yeah. I, when you said that, I just love all the. You guys want to rob a bank scenes? Yeah, I, I've seen yeah, in my yeah. life the bank, then, the, the planning. You never get to it. Yeah, you never yeah. see it afterwards. You're you're scared to show action. You're scared to show the thing yeah. that you set up. Uh, um, but we're we're making all of it up. Uh, and I would yeah. much rather see the ramifications of something big like that than fucking people planning the big thing for a 25 minute set. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so fi- final. Final words on game of scene uh, from from each of us. I'll I'll start. Um, I think I think really because we we again when you un- unpack game of scene, it can very quickly just become like very heady and analytical. And so I, the the main takeaway that I want to uh, put on it in closing is that um, game of the scene is really just about doing things on purpose. Um, yes, and it to 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 keep growing the scene. And um, the best case scenario is that is a well acted um, uh, process that 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 whatever you're doing on purpose, you're doing it well acted with emotion uh, and a strong sense of character relationship. So, um, yeah, doing things on purpose is is my main takeaway of how to boil it down. What about okay. you guys? Uh, I'll, I'll go now so you can have the last word, Andy. Um most scenes have a pattern and I, I think a strong move is not to call out the pattern, just to play the pattern, stick to as to stick to as specific of a pattern as you can. So if an action happens, the reaction should be similar, but emotionally everything should heighten and we should see the effect of, of the game as it's being played and it should grow and grow and grow until it can't grow anymore. So just make sure you keep it simple and keep it super specific because I think those are the games that are, are more satisfying to an audience. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, similar, I slow the fuck down. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's, that's me. <laughs> slow down. Uh, um, the, the most fun improv is the, the improv where you naturally discover on stage and you cannot do yeah. that if you're constantly trying to to make the scene about something slow down and find what the scene's about in the scene you're doing instead of putting all that pressure on yourself to make make it something uh uh you don't you don't have to do that that work uh it's the the scene is there if you slow down and listen to it uh yeah sweet yeah this has been an awesome conversation and um i i hope that it stirs up uh a common thread that we can uh, keep participating because I know that, that it's um, such a popular topic to riff on. So um, if you have, <laughs> there's uh, nothing I enjoy more than hopping into the comment section. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hear <the> oof. <laughs> but um, uh, Andy, thanks for joining us uh, yeah. before we let you yeah. go. Um, what else in the, virtual sphere during the quarantine are you into or is there anything else you'd like to plug uh yeah uh, uh i work at planet ant theater in hamtramck uh we're obviously shut down but we've got 
uh, live streams, a, di- a bunch of different cool uh, uh, stuff going on. Uh, shows about making sandwiches. Shows about uh, writing. I personally, <laughs> uh, I personally do uh, a live stream called Homerphilia, a Simpsons saga. Yeah, uh, with me uh, and my buddies Darren and Devin. Uh, we're doing every Sunday at seven. Uh, we watch a new episode of The Simpsons and talk about it. Um, and, uh, um, check out the improv project by the Detroit creativity project. We're putting out, um, some instructional videos and some fun, uh, improv videos, mostly targeted towards family friendly stuff. So, uh, check that out too. Oh, no. Awesome. Uh, and if you would like to submit questions and topics to Improv FAQ for us to talk about and to answer, um, you can send us an email at ImprovFAQ at Gmail, or you can message us on social media, Instagram, Facebook at Improv FAQ, or again, hit that sweet, sweet comment thread on YouTube. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> um, thanks again for joining, and we'll catch you next time yeah. on Improv FAQ at length. Thanks for having me, Bye. guys. Thank yeah, you. Thank you.